0: Welcome to The Dog Show, a podcast for dog mums and dads who like to spoil their pups and care for their well-being. I'm your host, Will Blunt, and every week I interview global experts about dog health, nutrition, behaviour, trends, and much more. Let's sink our teeth into this week's episode. This episode of The Dog Show features Dr. John Morgan. John is a partner veterinarian at Gordon Vet Hospital, an independently owned vet practice that has been operating since 1971. After developing an interest in animals at a young age, John studied veterinary science at Sydney University before eventually finding a home at Gordon Vet Hospital, where he specializes in orthopaedic conditions and arthritis. In the first of several interviews with John, he shares his story as well as some general well-being tips for dog owners. John, Dr. John Morgan, welcome
1: to The Dog Show today. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for, um, Yeah, I'm really excited to have a chat with you. We're going to have you on for a few different episodes to share some of your expertise um, about working with dogs at The Gordon Vet. So, yeah, thanks for coming Thank up.
2: Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, it should be a bit of fun. Um, do you want to just tell me a bit more about your backstory, or like how you got into veterinary in the first place?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I always had a, a strong interest in, in science and um, always sort of the, the medical route or the veterinary route was something that I was always looking at. Obviously, yeah, a big love for animals from, from early on uh, in the family and actually my uncle was a veterinarian and that you know, was a bit of an impetus to, to decide to go into the, the field. And then I was fortunate enough, obviously, to get into Sydney Uni um, straight out of school very lucky to get the month I did to, to sneak in. I'm sure that was a, a, a pretty premium one to get into vet at Sydney.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It was, uh, And it was definitely, you know, it was very it was the top of the list, so uh, I mm-hmm. couldn't have been happier that it's good mm-hmm. to get in. And these days, you know, the, uh, what students have to do to get in, I think I was also lucky with the time that I, I got in as well because it's definitely a, a much more challenging career to get into now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you did a bit of work overseas as well? Yeah, so I had my um, my first couple of years, so I went, a little bit country. So I was out in Goulburn for two and a half years when I graduated. Tried to do a little bit of mixed uh, animal practice. So saw a few large animals like horses, sheep and cattle. And then can sort of decided it was time to, to spread my wings or get overseas, almost like a little gap year. Mm. Um, and then ended up in Canada for two and a half years. Okay, um, So we, uh, my now wife and I did a bit of traveling across the country, sort of in Vancouver and Toronto. And working all over the place even up towards alaska which was pretty amazing yeah cool yeah it's interesting yeah. I, well was one thing that jumped out of me more actually from toronto
1: oh cool yeah we got married over in bc um, yeah. in vancouver so yeah nice <laughs> yeah quite familiar with Canada. Um, yeah. it's, it's i mean it's culturally similar to australia i find
2: 100 percent. yeah i mean it was it was so easy to transplant over there mm. really really nervous at that age to experiment with um with going overseas, but mm. uh, the experience I had, everyone was so long uh, and sort of really understood where I was coming from. Mm. Um, and working over there, it was a really smooth transition. I think that the culture was pretty much identical. <laughs>
1: we got got Frankie, my dog, walking around and with her claws on the ground here, which is uh, interesting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she can sense that in the room.
1: Yeah, <laughs> potentially. She's <laughs> doing something anxious at the moment. We, yeah. might, we might we might move <laughs> remove her from the situation <laughs> for the next one, but um.
2: Yeah. So, um, what do you specialise in at, at Gordon Vet? Yeah. So, my um, my main area of expertise is sort of a lot of the orthopaedic cases or, or arthritis cases. Okay. So, I uh, I often get internally referred to for cases of, of chronic arthritis or even young dog limping can be a bit of a sign of uh, a future issue, um, mm. which is sort of where I um, I. Uh, I've trained up a little bit more and I have a bit more experience in those cases. And then leading on from that, I, I do a few of the more complicated orthopaedic uh, surgeries, so sort of knee repairs or, um, or even some hip repairs uh, okay. if, if we need to do them there. Um, but also, obviously, we have a, a wide range of specialist facilities in Sydney now, so it's about you know, picking the right vet for the, the cases that are a little bit beyond my skill set. Okay,
1: yeah, so I think we'll talk about orthopaedics and arthritis a little bit more in a later episode. Yep. But are there any particular breeds that are more... I guess, exposed to those type of conditions?
2: Yeah, um, I guess, obviously, we we always have a red flag on the large breed dogs. So um, Irish Wolfhounds, obviously, very large dog, very fast growth, and they have a lot of, unfortunately, bone cancers and hip disorders. And the Labradors are another very common breed that are susceptible to again, potentially bone cancer, but also uh, hip disease uh, and even knee disease Mm. because they do have a a love of food, um, Mm. which does sort of increase their weight, which puts them at risk of those conditions. Yeah, Yeah. so the weight management is so important. It's vital, yeah, Yeah. and we we try and pick that up from a, a young age and at least talk to people about how best to approach it. But, yeah, it's a key element in managing these cases, which, again, we can talk about a bit later on. Yeah, of course. So just as a, as a general overview, if
1: I'm a new dog owner and I come into Gordon Vet to, to see you for the first time and I've got a puppy or maybe I've got a rescue or something like that, what type of advice are you giving me to take home to about wellbeing and looking after my dog?
2: Yeah, I guess um, it it is sort of very much dependent on on what's going on uh, and the breed of the dog. But probably in our area, we do talk a lot about preventatives. So obviously, vaccinations um, and parasite prevention is is probably the the leading topic that we start talking Mm. about. And then from there, we start to move on to diet. Uh, Obviously, what's appropriate for the breed of dog that you've got and um, their rates of growth. But also, we do cover things like potential health issues or even preventative surgeries, which... Do factor in a lot of specific breeds of dogs.
1: Okay. So like when you say parasite prevention, you're talking about kind of the team, uh flea and tick medication and that kind
2: of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um flea and tick prevention is big around here and then obviously deworming and of course heartworm prevention, which is um it is creeping back into Sydney. Yeah. And okay. Australia generally, we do have a bit of an issue with it and I know that it's a big problem overseas. Cool. So do you have any favourite breeds that you like working with or Ooh. favourite maybe favourite yeah. clients like F- me? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously will. No one client. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, we try not to pick favourites too much. Mm. Uh, I'm actually personally looking at the moment to uh, to get an Irish Terrier. Okay. I quite like the terrier Great types of dogs. But, yeah, I, I do. I like sort of the Labradors, very popular breed and mm. a good reason for it. Really lovely, and, um, really lovely nature and perfect family dogs. But some of the high-energy dogs like you. My family grew up with beagles, so it could have been a spot for them. But, um, not yeah. not high on everyone's list. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I love the look the look of beagles. I don't know what they're like, their personalities and stuff a lot. Like, yeah, high energy. energy yeah. would be the yeah. best way to describe it. And and very much scent driven. So you know you find yourself chasing them all around the, the suburb sometimes. So with the Irish Terrier,
1: mm. presumably as a vet, that's because they've got not a lot of health conditions,
2: or traditionally. Yeah, traditionally, I mean, every I, I guess when we look at a breed per se, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of conditions that unfortunately creep into to breeds of dogs mm-hmm. uh, just because of I guess the way that they were founded and the fact that they are genetically quite narrow. It's probably the nicest way to say it. Can't yeah, uh, <laughs> <yeah, without laughs> jump <for> that word, <laughs> um, but yes, we we do um, we do see the terriers in general are generally a, a long lived relatively healthy breed of dog hmm. with the exception that unfortunately they are prone to a lot of liver or pancreatic issues okay probably one of the more common problems we see within terriers such as schnauzers irish terriers and dogs like west Highland white terriers okay but i guess as as you
1: said every breed or every dog's just like a human's gonna have something in its genetic one which could be
2: exactly exactly and i mean uh, i guess the uh, even even the beloved caboodle um so the cavalier cross poodle We initially sort of thought, great uh, hybrid hybrid dog. So the the uh, benefit there is obviously we've got um, genetics from two different breeds that are coming together, reduces our risk of genetic problems. But we have unfortunately been finding that there is uh, seemingly a lot of. Uh, genetic conditions creeping into the breed now, such mm. as heart murmurs and even hip dysplasia or hip disease. Right. So, um, where we thought we have this amazing trend, unfortunately, there even we're still having some some breed specific issues.
1: Yeah, it seems to be the thing to breed with the poodle, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, every other dog. I yeah,
2: thinking you might to a super dog, but yeah, yeah, and again, it, it did sound good, and I think that it's just obviously the boom has led to a large population of them. Which to keep up with that, we, we find that we get back into our old habits. And trying to mm. trying to genetically bottle a, 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 a narrow lineage. Exactly. You know. Yeah, and you've got your, your few favourite dogs, and then they end up sort of providing the, the, the right. gene pool for the the whole of studs and all that kind of stuff. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. I yeah. guess that's where yeah, as you said, it kind of the more popular it gets, the more it goes down that path, right? Exactly.
2: And, and I mean, you now we're seeing uh again an unusual phenomenon is this this hybrid trend. The Cavoodle mm. trend has now led to actually full-breed Cavoodles. So um, what, what's the difference? Yeah, well, I, I guess so one particular example is that they've developed these dogs called Tamarooks, which are locally, I think they've been bred in New South Wales as, as a new breed mm. and they've become registered, but they are essentially a Cavoodle or even a Labradoodle, so they've got sort of different sizes, but theoretically you can breed them together and you'll end up with the same dog. So, right, okay. Um, so rather than actually breeding the... Cavalier and the, the poodle, you're breeding caboodles together. Exactly. Over and over again. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And th- and that's where again, you know, we run into problems, can run into problems that depending on um, you know, how how narrow okay. you want to make the Okay.
1: Cool. Well, John, thanks so much for coming on today's show. i really enjoyed getting to know you and everyone else I'm sure has as well. You've shared some interesting tips about general well-being for dogs. I look forward to the next time you're on.
2: Absolutely. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers.